Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. And so this great day, uh, let's just pray and look into the word real quick. Uh, Father, we thank you so much. I first of all want to thank you for all those that worked so hard, even while some were vacationing, because it's vacation time, holiday time, but we had this group that worked really hard to do what we uh, were ministered to with today. I thank you for all the people that serve and worked hard, people that clean the church. I thank you for ushers and greeters. I thank you for everyone uh, on the creative team, the production, uh, music, every single area, Father, that has worked hard for this day Father, we thank you for blessing them. And the reason that we're here is because of you, Heavenly Father, and your plan in Jesus. So we thank you as we look into the word today that the word is blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to start off today and just look at this quote on the screen. Uh, It says, "The the resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It is the decisive event demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on the earth as it is in heaven. The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that you're now invited to belong to it. And I just want to say that last phrase again, that you're invited to belong to it. So uh, if you're with us today, as we move further along, Uh, If you're with us and you're not in this new world that was unveiled in Jesus Christ and you're not a part, please really listen well because we're going to pray later and give you an opportunity to come in to this wonderful kingdom that we're in. Uh, Today we're celebrating the resurrection. So the resurrection, you know, you know, so many things we could say, but it's it's a sign for unbelievers Uh, It's a guarantee that Jesus' teachings are true. It's the center of the gospel, the motivation to evangelize. That's why we are here. The source of power for Christian living, the reason for our total commitment to him. It addresses the fear of death. Uh, It makes the second coming of Jesus possible. It's a model of of our resurrection from the dead. We're going to be resurrected. It's a model for us, what's coming for us. It provides a foretaste of heaven for believers, the resurrection. This is what Rick Warren said. 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, an event occurred that permanently changed the world. Because of that event, history was split. Every time you write a date, you're using the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a focal point. And maybe you didn't realize it. But, you know, the whole world has been divided before Christ and after Christ. Every time you write a date on a piece of paper, you're acknowledging that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 13 says, For I deliver to you as of the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. And so we see that he, of course, died, he was buried, and he rose again. I'd like to say a few things about the crucifixion, which was so uh, beautifully done and illustrated this morning. But here's a few thoughts about the crucifixion uh, or crucifixions. Crucifixions were documented 
among ancient civilizations came out. So they're, they're, they're nothing, uh, you know, they weren't exclusive to Jesus. He was not the first one that was crucified. Crucifixion was primarily, primarily reserved for traitors, captive armies, slaves, and the worst of criminals. It's amazing that Jesus was innocent and he was put in that category. Execution by crucifixion came, became common under the rule of Alexander the Great. That was 356 years to 323 years before Jesus Christ came to the earth. In the New Testament Bible times, the Romans used crucifixions to exert authority and control over the population. Jesus Christ, who he is the central figure of Christianity, died on a Roman cross. Okay, so that's just a few things. So crucifixion was one of the most painful and disgraceful forms of death. And for some people, it, took a, it could take hours up to a few days to be hanging on a cross. Some people actually were on a cross for a couple days before they died. Terrible, terrible way to die. But today, we're celebrating the resurrection. But that's just a few things. Jesus had to go through the crucifixion before he could be resurrected. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 14, here's, uh, we just read earlier verses. Here's a few verses going further. It says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world. And so we see there, in a nutshell, what that is telling us. If there was no resurrection, our preaching would be useless. Our faith is useless. We are false witnesses. No dead will ever be raised. Our faith is futile. Uh, We are still in our sins, and all who have trusted in Christ are lost. We are to be pitied more than all men. That would be the way it would be without the resurrection. The resurrection is the focal point. The resurrection is what puts everything else in another category. So we could say this, a living faith with a dead Savior is not attainable. A living faith with a dead Savior is not attainable. Jesus was really unique. Uh, His birth was unique, right? I mean... Do you know anyone else that was, was born into the world like Jesus? Very unique. His life was unique. Do you know anyone else that did that many miracles and had a life like him? Very unique. His nature was unique because he was God and he was man both. Very unique he was. Uh, his death was unique, the way that he died. But especially his resurrection was unique. And so the resurrection, it places Jesus in a class by himself. The resurrection places Jesus in a class by himself. It makes him matchless. 
He is without peers. No one else did it. You know, other religions can compete with Christianity on a, in a few areas. They can say, your founder gave you a holy book. Our founder gave us a holy book. Your founder has a large following. So does our founder. He has a large following. You guys have buildings where people come to worship God. We have buildings also where they come to worship our God. You know, so, you know, you can compete in certain areas. But here's the thing. All of that may be true, but our founder rose from the dead. Okay. It puts Jesus in a whole nother class. So if the resurrection isn't true, and sometimes people like want to discuss these things, if the resurrection isn't true, it doesn't make any difference that Noah built an ark. Okay, it doesn't make any difference that Moses led the children of Israel to Canaan land. It doesn't make any difference that David killed Goliath. It doesn't make any difference that Joshua conquered Jericho. It doesn't make any difference that Daniel spent the night in the lion's den. It doesn't make any difference that Jesus walked on the water and fed the multitudes. And it doesn't make any difference that the church in the book of Acts grew really quickly. And it doesn't make any difference that Paul wrote letters. None of that means a thing without the resurrection. So if the resurrection of Jesus is not totally true, then everything in the Bible and in the life of Jesus that precedes it and everything that follows it is absolutely meaningless without the resurrection. Here's what Sinclair B. Ferguson said. He said, we are adopted into God's family through the resurrection of Christ from the dead in which he paid all our obligations to sin, the law, and the devil, in whose family we once lived, our old status in the tomb, a new status is ours through his resurrection. Now, I like, you know, when you think about the old status and the new status, look, in Romans chapter 1, in verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart unto the gospel. So here's Paul. He killed Christians. He was a Pharisee amongst Pharisees, and he also killed Christians and persecuted the church. But because Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus appeared to him and he accepted Jesus as his Savior, notice it, it says our old status lies in the tomb and our new status is through the resurrection. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called it doesn't matter if you're with us today what you came from. It doesn't matter if you just walked out of prison because you killed 10 people and you walked into this church today. If Jesus Christ isn't your Lord and you accept him today, your old status is in the tomb with him and your new status is with the resurrection. And then I like verse 4, it says, And was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ is set apart because he, what, was raised from the dead. But notice this, he was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. The, the reason that he could take the claim 
that he was son of God, it was because he was raised from the dead. There's many other people that made great impacts in the world, and they've done great things, but they were not raised from the dead. He was declared to be the son of God because he was raised. So here's the question today that we want to ask. If you're with us today, and it's Easter, and it's a big day, I don't know your... uh, your habits for church attendance, but we know from statistics that Easter, there's more people that go to church. If you're with us today and you thought, well, it's Easter, I'll come to church, but you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, you don't know him as your Savior, I want you to think about, well, what does the resurrection mean for you? And I thought about this story An older man, he's in heaven now, but he uh, died and he went to hell. And then he, you know, his body revived and he came back up. And then he died and went to hell again. And his body, and it happened three times. And so he tells the story about how he went, died and went to hell. And one of the things that Jesus did uh, for us is he made it possible that we didn't have to go to that place. So this is a long story, and to save time, I'm going to pick up on the third time that he died and went to hell. Because if I tell all three times, we'd be here too long. But here's what he says. He said, I thought this is not happening to me. This is just a hallucination. It can't be real. The Bible talks about men and women being cast into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in the darkness, I cried out, God, I belong to the church. Now look at what he's, he's going to hell and he's in darkness. And look at what he's telling God in hell. He said, God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water. You see, I was telling him I shouldn't be going this direction I'm going the wrong direction. I waited for an answer, but there was no answer. Only the echo of my own voice through the darkness. And the second time I cried a little louder, God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water. I waited for an answer, but there was no answer. Only the echo of my own voice as it echoed through the darkness. I literally screamed, God, God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water. Then he says, but you see, although being baptized in water is right, although belonging to the church is right, it takes more than belonging to the church and more than being baptized in water to miss hell and go to heaven. As I was going up through darkness, now this is the third time he went he went down three times. So after the third time down, he's coming back up where his body's reviving again. So here's what happens on his third time. He said, my spirit, the man who lives inside me, this physical body is an eternal being, a spirit man. I began to pray, oh God, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I asked you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all my sin. 
Then he says, I came right up beside the bed where his body was, and I leaped right back in to my body. When I got inside my body, my physical voice picked up my prayer right in the middle of a sentence. I was already praying out of my spirit. My physical voice picked up my prayer and continued to pray. I want you to know that it was just like a two-ton weight that lifted off my chest. Peace came on the inside. I looked at Grandpa's old clock on the mantelpiece, and it said 20 minutes till 8 o'clock. All of that happened in 10 minutes. So Then he says, in finishing, I was born again at 20 minutes till 8 o'clock on April the 22nd, 1933, in the south bedroom, and I've been saved ever since. Well, that was back in 1933. He lived till he was 86 years old, this man. But that's his story of how he might have gone to church, he might have been baptized in water, but he did did not pray with his heart and with his mouth to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. It was just membership. It was just ritual. It's so important that we don't get into ritual memberships, organizations, but it's a personal relationship, the heart and the mouth. So John chapter 11 and verse 25, it says, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And then verse 26, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And so this is what he did for us. So Timothy Keller says, if Jesus rose from the dead then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. That's the issue. Now, this Lee Strobel guy, he was an atheist. And maybe you're with us today and you've gone direction of being an atheist, don't believe in God. Here's what Lee Strobel said. He said, in short, I didn't become a Christian because God promised I would have an even happier life than I had as an atheist. He never promised any such thing. Indeed, following him would inevitably bring divine demotions in the eyes of the world. You know, sometimes when you follow him, you might not look as successful. And this guy knew that. Rather, I became a Christian because the evidence was so compelling that Jesus really is the one and only Son of God who proved his divinity by rising from the dead. That means following him was the most rational and logical step I could possibly take. I I know that If you're with us today and you've wondered about these things, I know the way God is. I I know the way his Holy Spirit is. He's a loving God, and his Holy Spirit is everywhere. His Holy Spirit's in this room today. And what happened with me is when I heard these kind of things, the Holy Spirit was telling me in my heart, in my inner man, the deep places in me, that this is true. This is true. If you're with us today and your heart, the Holy Spirit's telling you in the deep place of 
the deepest place of your heart, this is true. Listen to that. Listen to that. We, we want to, the whole reason that we celebrate today and the whole reason that we're here, it's not for Easter bunnies and chocolate. It's for eternal life. The balance, the difference, dying and going to hell for eternity or living and going to heaven for eternity. It's a serious thing. So these simple steps, I just want to tell you a few simple steps and we're going to pray that all men, these are simple steps and truths. All men and women have sinned and need a savior. All men, if, if you haven't accepted Jesus, all men and all women have sinned and they need a savior. Church membership doesn't save. Good deeds and good works do not save. Salvation is personal. It is one-on-one with God. One-on-one with God. It isn't passed down from parents or friends. You can't pass it down to somebody. You, You can't get born into this just because your parents are Christians. You're not born into it. It's not passed down. It's one-on-one. It's a personal decision. It's a personal belief and a confession. Okay? So this is what Romans 10 and verse 9 says. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You, You see, we're going to do that today. We're going to pray this prayer. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we're going to pray that prayer. I, I'd like to invite everyone today. You can close your eyes. And you say, you know, it's, we close our eyes and, and you say, why? Because, well, you can really, it's one-on-one with God is personal. And you want to make sure you block everything else out. You want to make sure you concentrate. You want to make sure you get your heart engaged. And you want to make sure you pray from that deep place from your heart. So that's why we do that. We can pray, not be distracted, and make sure that our hearts are engaged as we pray. So let's pray this prayer. You can say it after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you came for me. I openly declare, Jesus, you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I receive you as my Savior. Praise the Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, and that was the the first time that you did it, your next step is so important. And I like this illustration. It's like having a baby. And I, I see that, you know, we one of our worship team, they just, Sade, she was right here singing. She just had a baby. And I came in early and they were rehearsing and, and uh, somebody's taking care of her baby, holding her baby. But could you imagine if Sade just left the baby at home and, and her and her husband Bronson uh, are here at church, but that little baby's all alone at home? That's not a good thing. You know, could you imagine leaving a little baby on a footpath when you leave the hospital? Well, the baby's going to die. And so the same thing can be true with Christianity. 
When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, you become a baby Christian. And your next step is critical. It's so important because you want to make sure that you, first of all, tell somebody. So if you're with your family and friends today and you came with them, what you want to do is say, when Pastor Tony prayed, I prayed that prayer. I confess Jesus as Lord. I believe in my heart God raised him from the dead. I want you to know, wife. I want you to know, husband. I want you to know, brother, sister, friend. I want you to know that I confess Jesus. I'm now a Christian. You want to tell somebody. If you're here all by yourself and not with a friend or a relative, you know what? We're going to have people up here when we dismiss today. Uh, there, there are people that want to help you. We'll have them. They'll be standing across the front. If you're alone, you know, no one will notice. Just make your way up quietly and say, hey, I pray that prayer. It's important as a baby Christian, you don't get left on the footpath. And, you know, because what happens is if you, I know this, I made a mistake after I got saved. I did something wrong. I thought I was, I thought I lost my salvation. I thought I was going to hell. Thank God my brother was a little bit, he was a few months ahead of me in Christianity. He was able to sit down with me and show me some scriptures, make sure that I didn't turn around and go the other direction. It's so important. It's so important. So we're going to stand up today. And let's just all say this as we get ready to dismiss. Jesus is Lord. He has risen from the dead. He's my Lord. I am alive. The spirit of holiness, the glory of God is on the inside of me, quickens my mortal body, makes me alive in him. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.